So, welcome to the January 2023 Happy New Year edition of the Locust State of the Server. Um, it's been a busy last couple of months, that's why we didn't have one in December, aside from obvious things like seeing family and all that stuff. So, uh, we wanted to kick it off in 2023, uh, which was going to be the best year ever for Loka, I promise. That's the plan anyway. Um, and let's just jump right into the two things that you probably just saw, town vendors and town audit logs. Um, we've wanted to add these for a long time, ever since we removed the jobs plugin, uh, which turned into the quests plugin. We needed to make those two things different. Quests always needed to be much more controllable um, and useful for sort of story role-playing type of stuff. We never wanted people to sort of use that uh, for truly like grinding it was just a weird or physical mixture. items generally yeah, yeah. It, to Post be fair we've gotten problems yeah we've we've gotten a lot more comfortable with handling items and, and inventories and while people just do, do still lose stuff from time to time it's it's much much less than it used to be so um but sometimes a town a pvp town just wants to make a, a, a simple town vendor that that sells stuff to people for um whatever they want but largely everybody needs grinders and you can kind of formalize your grinding process with town vendors by having them buy things like blaze rods gas tears and all the stuff that you use for potions and sell them back anything you want could be that you're selling them literally shards if you want could be prestige um, prestige if you don't know what it is it's just an it's just a number you can assign to anybody in your town um, we're probably going to clear all the prestige on the server on, on all the towns when we launch this feature, mostly because Prestige has zero of like value right now and it doesn't serve a purpose. But it's meant to be usable by a town for one of two ways. Could be used as a currency, which is probably what's gonna be used for here, or it could be used for something in the future where if you have enough prestige, you have access to something else. Uh, these things have not yet been fleshed out, but. I mean, it, it could be as simple as ranking up a town member in your town. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you could put a, a prestige value on, uh, you know, reaching town level two, three, four, what have you, and effectively automate that system through NPC so you don't have to micromanage it. Um, yeah. You know, we could lock, you know, town titles behind it um or, or all sorts of things like that so it, sh it should help town owners manage towns with more people without having to micro every single individual and and it also gives people stuff to do you know if if you've got you know uh things that the town needs you can set vendors up with it and then you know people can go out and do it um the underlying tech and, yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, the underlying tech is also going to, we're going to replace our town vendors, or our vendors that spawn with, with the same vendor technology. Basically, it allows us to very easily create vendors as well. Maybe you'll find some in the wild for some reason selling rare stuff, and maybe they only exist for a period of time, but it just is kind of a nice system for us to use throughout the whole uh, server. So you will be required to stock items, of course. So like if you're making a town vendor that, for example, buys or will sell you a diamond sword, if you give it prestige, then you need to put up however many diamond swords it can possibly sell. And every time somebody buys one, of course, that stock could reach zero, at which point there will be a little thing floating over the NPC's head that says, you know, out of stock. So you're going to be responsible for stocking. But um, all the things that are bought and sold by a town vendor will go to your town escrow for the time being. Um, that may change in the future. 
due to player um, feedback, but that's the that's the plan for now. It's just kind of the safest way to, it's the only place that we can just give towns stuff and have the town have like a storage system of sorts that players can access. So um, yeah. Um, town vendors, I two is two, maybe three, probably two is the going to be the starting number of town vendors you can have. Um, oh, I didn't show this in the feature. I meant to, but you can create folders. So uh, you can create a folder for a vendor that could just be like, you know, grinding materials. And if you wanted to make all of your sales for grinding materials go into a specific folder, you could, then you can have another one for gear, another one for dirt blocks, whatever. Um, there will be a number of items that they can sell maximum at some point. We have not determined that value yet either. Uh, but the intention is when we do the future sometime this year, town progression update, uh, then you will be able to unlock beyond two uh, or three yeah. town vendors. And the same with skins for them and things. A lot of kind of town cosmetics or, you know, um, any any other kind of fun town things. A lot of that will kind of try and build into this town progression thing. Just to, just to make your town better in many ways. You know, if that's extra intra-town portals and stuff, there'll kind of be an unlock path through this town progression in the future. Um, yeah. um, we're super excited to roll this out. Um, and because um, everything that's kind of on Loka that's developed is brand new, um, because of our translation efforts, um, town vendors will be able to be fully translated by Largely the Spanish and Turkish populations, they're the two that kind of do the most translating the Loka, but all of town vendors will be translatable and, and once they've been translated will be localized. So, um, and you know, we, we will we continue to slowly add stuff to Loka to get translated because I know things like town stuff and, and conquest stuff are two very important things that it would be super helpful for Spanish and Turkish speakers and ever, anybody else who wants to help out, by the way, um, to be able to see that stuff in their own language. So. Uh, yeah, so town vendors will be fully localized. They'll be great, um, and hopefully they. We should. We we plan to get them in some into testing very shortly, um, and yeah, are looking forward to seeing what kind of cool stuff you guys come up with. That um, town audit logs. I don't think there's a whole lot more to talk about there. It's just a simple thing that people have wanted for a long time. Um, Discord seemed like the best place to put it for now. Um, if we had more resources uh, than web development, having like a, a website to sort of index the town logs would be nicer. Um, but for the time being, it's just going to get spit into your, a Discord channel. But since you, you can um, search Discord channels, then it should be easy enough. And we're, we're going to format them. The, the way they look is currently uh, in flux. So that that, that way you saw it on, on the stream is not necessarily going to be how it looks because it's going to be a channel full of data. So not having it be like a, you know, Hall embed, Discord embed probably is for the better because uh, it's mostly just meant to, to store a lot of dense information, not necessarily be the most uh, loverly thing to read. There is two questions on the town vendors that are pinned that we might as well hit before we move on. Um, can you put shulk shulkers with items, for example, in the town vendor, like a shulker uh, full of sand? The answer is no. Or... You can do shulkers, but they must be empty. These kinds of limitations, it's, it's, and honestly, if we were to allow shulkers full of items, then the only thing we would probably allow would, would be that they sell those, not buy them. 
because it would just be weird to like somehow have to make sure that you're giving it. No, I don't think anybody would probably use it for that direction or for that for that use case. But it, in the future, when we're a little more comfortable, maybe with shulkers with inventories, I could see a world where, you know, people make shulkers that are like a full set of gear um, with pots, you know, and then, you know, if a town member does enough grinding, uh, then they can buy a shulker, which is just like a goodie box full of the exact all the things they need. I can see that potentially happening in the future, but for the start, um, that is not planned to do shulkers with items. No. Um, um, what skins can you use at, at the moment? Uh, there's going to be some kind of default skins that um, are more law friendly uh, to to each continent or biome. Um, however going forward there'll be a more options again linked in with the town progression stuff planned although that's a bit further down the line um where you'll be able to unlock either new skins that you know the server has uh has made or potentially eventually like a way to purchase through uh the town progression system like your own skin that you want to upload and we try and have some kind of vetting system to stop any any abuse of that system, um, but but for now it's it's going to be pretty much um, def not default skins, but uh, similar to industries where you don't have too much um, flexibility. But uh, there will be a ton of stuff added in the future. Yeah, we're, we're per currently in the skins team is in a process of making just like a handful of of skins that can be used for all Ascalon NPCs, Kalros or Garama. So while there, technically you might get a desert NPC skin if you live in the desert and make a town vendor, um, we might, we will probably allow you to just pick between all of the Garama NPC skins, but I don't think if you know, you won't be able to get a Kalros NPC per se um, skin if you live mm -hmm. in Garama. But yeah. in the future, there will be more options for that for sure. Um, uh, as for there's a question, are vendors open to non-members of the town? We actually just had a conversation about that. The plan is to, yes, for that to be a thing. So for whatever reason, maybe upcoming a festival would be a cool thing to do. You can definitely yeah. have other I think it buy should, stuff. It should be down to settings of, of these vendors, though. Um, like, I, I think with similarly to, you know, restricting a player to only being able to make X number of purchases of a certain sale, to stop one person, you know, stockpiling all of that sale to try and abuse it in some way, you know. Likewise, nobody wants a raider to come in, find their town vendor, and then buy out everything that, you know, perhaps was on a particularly good deal, or... And obviously, prestige is something that can't transfer over to an outsider and stuff, so... There's a, there's a few things to work out with, with that, but... The example of uh, festivals is a is a good reason to have the option at least to have it open to uh, to outsiders. Um, they they will be added as soon as they're available, but I definitely they, they they'll probably be out before the end of this month. Um, we already answered the custom skin thing, so um, yeah. So moving on again, audit logs. I think that's covered. So let's move, let's talk about 2022 in review. Uh, we have some, Sku was able to pull, pull together some cool stats off of Eldritch Bot. I'm just gonna read these out, um, but we'll format it and put it somewhere that you guys can read. Um, 2022 in, in total, 
um, in terms of like the development efforts of Loka, would would be I would refer to it as the year of back end and technical and infrastructural development. It was the year and where <laughs> and Anzire and Gengar. Yeah. Um, it was the year we we did sharding and then beefed it up and then fixed up the myriad bugs that came out of it. Um, it was a year that was largely focused on fixing Loka, stabilizing Loka, balancing Loka, and making Loka run more smoothly so that we could prepare for a year like this one, which will be the year of content and the year of growth. Maybe the plan is to get lots and lots of new faces on Loka in a way that we could not have done prior to sharding. Um, and then there was like a month and a half or two, maybe in, I think it was fall-ish area last year where we just needed to just sit down and just fix a lot of little death by a thousand paper cuts types of issues that Loka had. So um, again, I'm going to read these out, but there were uh, fourth, over 4,700 fights, conquest fights in 2022. Um, of all the conquest fights that have ever been on, on Loka, 30% of all of them happened last year. So that's that's pretty huge. And my guess is this next year is going to be even crazier. Um, there were over 6.6 .6 million potions used in conquest fights. Over 253,000 ancient ingots, um, which is nuts. Um, then there's a thing that Scoo wrote that I don't entirely understand what without Ravina colon means. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> it's quite yeah. obvious what it means. <laughs> I see. Um, well, yeah, those are not terribly interesting statistics. But and we didn't do a breakdown of how many of those fights were Ravina, but certainly a lot of fights um, were Ravina. I don't know how much the percentage is, but it was a big year. That's a lot of dang fights. Um, and then I think I, I think there was upwards of nearly sixty thousand arenas, arena duels, ranked arena duels that were done in, in season eleven or twelve. Was, was it 11? Whatever the last ranked arena season was, almost 60,000 matches were played, which is also very crazy. Um, and we'll talk about that um, shortly. So that was 22. Uh, 2023, like I said, is the year of content. Um, we got a good development team in place. We've got a lot of things out of the way that we wanted to get uh, done with. And we've got plans for things like the ocean, things like the nether. Things like the end and things like the deep dark, all in 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 they're still being developed, of course. But it, this is the year where we're gonna actually gonna like actually add things to do to Loka. There was a lot of stagnant. Um, if you're if you're looking for brand new things to do in Loka, uh, admittedly the last half of the last year was, was pretty stagnant. Um, but it's just because there were so many things that needed to be fixed or technically fixed or worked on or optimized uh, that it just didn't leave a lot of room for development. But this is the year we want to start making use of our questing system to add quests and and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm the most excited for this year is it's the first year where I feel like Loka's in a very good spot to just start adding stuff to it instead of always having to go back and fix a million things. So um, Mag, I don't know if you want to expand on on the con your content concept or anything. Well, well, yeah, I mean, there is, I mean, we say year of content. Some of that is to new players too. Um, so there's there's a lot of our, our new player stuff that we've spoken about in the past that we've wanted to revamp and and get sorted. And that, that kind of, again, ties into uh, growth, the growth side more than the content side, I suppose. So, so there'll be a balance between, you know, um, systems like camps that, I won't go into too much detail now. We've, we've spoken about them in past SATSs. Um, 
but but a lot of things around that to just just help that new player experience because at the moment you know you get dropped into loca it's incredibly complex you know and we we don't really hold your hand in any way it's just we drop you off and say have 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 fun good luck um so we we want to support new players a lot a lot more and, and hopefully that will play into the growth side um but yeah, in terms of content, it's it'll be a mix. There's obviously bits of conquest we want to revisit and look at. That's both policies as well as you know spicing up fights as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the main bulk of things. I suppose treasure knives is another thing. I suppose you could debate and achievements, um, all of these that's kind of things too. that we want to. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that we've said we've been doing or working on for a thousand years. This is the year we plan to actually release all of them, or at least stop telling you about stuff that the we're majority working on if it's not in yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. We're very, very excited. Um, okay, so if there's some there's some questions that have gotten pinned, but we're going to do those uh, when when appropriate or at the end after all of the already, already submitted player questions. Um, Loka API. Uh, this this is not a heavily requested feature, but this is a requested feature heavily by a handful of people who um, are developers or programmers. Um, it is something we are going to do soon, as soon as we can get our hands on some new hardware for a, a web box. But um, we basically the idea, if you don't know what an API is, it's basically just a way to access information about Loka. So uh, in short, everything that you can publicly find out about something on Loka, like through slash find or through EldritchBot is meant to be made publicly accessible to programmers so they can do stuff like add, make, make more websites, maybe things like EldritchBot, make Discord bots and things like that, which um, some people have done through uh, creative means already but it's not been a pleasant experience for them to do so. And there are some um, up and coming uh, players who are learning programming or are already programmers who've wanted to be able to do, do cool stuff with Loka stuff, but it's been very hard to do so. So this Loka API um, is meant to enable that, enable an entire ecosystem of Loka bots of, of various forms, um, which should be really cool. And we're kind of, we're super excited to see what it is people make with that. Um, so look for that, um, hopefully. I think it'll be probably be sometime in, in February that we, we come out with that, so. Um, 119.3, well, we're working on it. Um, apparently there's gonna be a 119.4, so uh, depending on when that is, we might, we might wait a little bit. These, these updates are actually bigger than they seem because um, in short, That's it's crap. ever since 119.3, <laughs> Uh, uh, enabled experimental access to to the, to the 1.20 features in in a sense it's like it's already 1.20 so it's a bigger it's not just this little small update that's very easy to do and it's actually got some significant changes to the game so it's possible that uh, that once we're update, updated to 119.4 if that's the last one that when 120 comes out it might just be like that might be actually like a, a flip switch uh, and a very quick update but i guess i shouldn't promise that because i have no idea what mojang's gonna do they 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 be cray so um anyway it's it's coming out soon and i don't think anybody's like you know uh holding their breath over it but it is something we're going to work on so. yeah i mean there's no crazy like features that 
you know come with it in terms of content or anything so it's not like anyone's missing out on too much when we're not uh we're not on it yep um ranked season 12 next friday there you go on the 27th is when we're going to start off uh ranked season 12 so yeah. um, and one thing to note with that is with with every ranked season we want to keep just five arenas in rotation in ranked specifically um and then obviously in unranked you'll be able to pick whichever arena you want and that can be from far more than five um so a couple will be out of rotation and, and the two new arenas will come in for the the rank season did you say which ones they were uh no um they the ones leaving will be uh everyone's favorite the uh <laughs> shipwreck map uh you know, that's a that's a very popular one, and uh, and the uh, the ice map as well. We'll uh, rotate out this season, um, and and we hope we can keep. You know, every season we'll have a, at least one arena fresh in the in the pool and swap them around. Yeah, and to wit, those two arenas will still be choosable in the dual menu for those who want to do it. But when it comes to ranked matches, you will not be uh, having to do ranked fights in the shipwreck underwater one or the ice one. It'll be replaced by the new industry one and the new, what appears to be very, very popular Lush Valley uh, one with uh, props to Mock, I think, for the industrial one. And then I'm not sure who built Lush Valley Mag. Do you know? Um, I'm trying to think what their IGN is now. Uh, I know what their, their actual name is. Uh, well, <laughs> one nice. second. Everybody keeps changing their name. <laughs> Well, we'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> um, and then real quickly, yes, Aloka turns 12 years old in February, almost right, right around uh, Valentine's Day. Um, like, and like, like as is the, the, the theme of um, content that uh, there are plans to have, I would like to have some little cool, uh, some questy bits for the, the, for the uh, anniversary. It won't be anything crazy, um, but it's nice to do a little bit of something for the server since oh, we're yeah. one of the oldest servers like ever. So not ever, ever, but pretty much comparatively speaking, aside from things like 2B2T or whatever, uh, look, it did start in February of 2011, which is nuts. So yeah. uh, the, the new username, by the way, is Clausius uh, Clap, Clausius Clap, Clap? Um, formerly uh, Courtney Carterson. Okay. Great. So that's, uh, there we go. We, we've knocked through the server topics. So now we can get on to what the players want to hear about. Will translators get an in-game reward for contributing on Loka Academy at some point? Ah, uh, yes. So Magpie and I discussed this uh, for a while. And unfortunately, it, the answer is probably no. And it's, it's because we don't want to motivate people to join the translation team to do one little bit of work or whatever in order to get like a title and then just do nothing else. It, it, it seems to be the wrong spirit of um, the tra of the effort to translate Loka to, to make there be like an in-game reward for it. There's basically just not a great way for us to measure due to the nature of the, the translation software we use. It's, we know kind of who does the work, but we don't know how much. And it's kind of hard to put a number on, well, this is exactly how many, you know, I don't, words you have to translate to get a title. And we don't want to just reward people for just signing up for the service either. So um, it's just because it's such an open 
uh, crowdsourced effort for anybody to be able to help with. Um, we don't feel like adding a title would motivate people in the right way. You, it's meant to be done because you're wanting to help, you know, your your countrymen and women who can, and, and theys, I should say, country people who, who can speak the language, but not just because you know, you're going for a title, unfortunately. So um, never say never on that, but at the, at the current time, it's just a little too difficult to come up with a way to hand out titles for translators because there's a lot of people who are technically have signed up to translate LOCA, um, but there's really only about three to four people who've done the lion's share of the work. There's a lot of other people who've done like one thing one day or, or, or like, or not done anything at all. And it would be, it's hard to, it, we don't want to get in the middle of like who deserves to have that title. So, um, unfortunately not, not yeah. at the I mean, it might, it might be something we can come up with a, a system or a way to do it in the future. Um, yeah, like, like Crypt says, it's just finding a a system that is fair and also not gonna you know waste our time by having to sign up all these people who are just in it for a title and what have you um so yeah there, there's there's a bit of a balancing act to go with that yeah. um auction house it's been brought up many times before um and we had actually discussed it recently um and there's there's actually a way to there's there, there's a difference between an auction house which is a bigger feature that I don't think we want to add, which is the concept where there's literally a building at spawn everybody runs into and all, you know, yells like bids or something. A live auction. A live auction. That is not something that we're interested in doing. However, we do recognize that there could be a way to do a bidding system on things like that I think they would only be lord, that required to be lord's lord swords. So maybe, Not just maybe lord, any lord just, item. Yeah. yeah, any lord item, I should say. And maybe there's a new chest at the, at the market that operates in this way, and it, it is only it is all lord items and any lord items, but they start at a bid, and then you can just overbid each other until uh, it expires, basically, or something else. Like, that's something we might do one day, um, or the closest thing to the auction house that I think we're willing to commit to at some point. It's unfortunately not high on the priority list, um, but it is also not, it would not necessarily be that, that extra much com more complicated. It, it would and needs to behave much like the market with just like a slightly different way of paying, paying for stuff, but visually it should probably look and feel very much the same. So, uh, but um, probably not, not going to happen anytime soon as it's not a, it's a frequently requested feature, but it is not a probably a highly uh, awaited feature exactly yeah yeah i, I mean I, I i can see that as something in the in the nearish future but um but as, as we say it, it'll probably be limited as to what you can sell on it because there, there's always going to be a weird overlap between the market which already has multiple systems of selling and then adding kind of a second type of market so we'd kind of want to give them their own distinct purpose to avoid confusion and, and making things overly complicated. Um, I will answer this one out of sync because it's sort of related to something we've already said, which is the question is, is town sharding going to be the thing? Um, and the answer to that has actually changed a little bit as we discussed some stuff. Um, very briefly, because I don't want to get into the weeds of this whole conversation. We have discovered, we've discussed it in previous SOTSs. If there's a moment where, for example, Ascalon gets too laggy because there's too big of fights and too many people on it, the idea was always to break it apart into pieces, kind of like how the 
continents or different servers. Um, in the past, we have said that we would just take a take a town and just make it its own server by itself. But realistically, that was not that doesn't seem like a great way to do it um, because there's a lot of people who kind of run around raid towns, and there's always going to be this border between a town as its own server and then the rest of the continent where you're gonna go back and forth between servers and players are gonna kind of disappear from you. And so while we're not gonna necessarily individual or shard an individual town like a tile, the idea is actually to shard a biome. So in a great example of this probably would be the Sunset Isles. It's got a very obvious set of tiles. Um, they are not necessarily land connected to anything. And yes, you would still have the issue of um, a player walking in front of you and then suddenly blinking away because they joined the Sunset Isles or whatever. But it's a lot more of a logical dis like division of, of work yeah. than it would be a, for example, town in the middle of the forest surrounded by forest tiles. And suddenly there's just one spot in the middle of the forest, which is like got this magical disappearing zone because it's yeah. its own server. So I mean, the, the, the other part to that is also that, you know, the, Borders around um, biomes are less likely to have players cross them than a town border. Uh, they're, they're less likely to come into conflicts over that border. So things should be interrupted less by it. Um, and coupled with that, we'd have to you know, start looking at perhaps conquest fights, no longer allowing people to enter it and leave it at the border um, because there will be some funkiness with sharding. Um, mm -hmm. But again, that's not something we're going to do until we need to, really, yep. um, because it'll take time away from content and stuff. So yeah, basically, until it's a problem, we're not going to deal with it. And right now and over the last several months, frankly, Ascalon has been doing just fine. There's been virtually no lag on any continent. So um, that's been great. But uh, if, it, if it happens, it happens. So and it is, it is also worth noting that, you know, it's not going to take a whole year like sharding the continents took, you know, uh, we've got a lot of that tech in place now. And, you know, while it's not a simple task, it's not going to be a year's worth of waiting when we do finally decide to pull the trigger on. Yep. Okay. Um, moving back on, um, why do we have town voting for capital policies? Um, funsies <laughs> yeah it, literally it's just more it's it it might not seem to serve a purpose but it does encourage a little bit of interesting negotiation between a winning alliances and the rest of their continent um you know you do this for me or you promise me this i'll vote for you to get an extra policy which affects the continent so um it's just kind of a fun little neat thing to do and and while it doesn't necessarily add all that much it, it doesn't seem like it needs to be removed either um, it's just yeah. kind of fun. It, it might get a small rework when we get around to kind of tweaking policies. Again, something we've discussed in the past. We know policies are a bit weak, and we wanna we wanna give them a bit of a, a refresh and a revamp. So we we might toy with the system then, or give it more or less power. But I mean, we think it's fun, unless, unless people particularly just like it, then then we could reevaluate its position. But good bit of politics. Um, can we have SOTSs on the weekends instead of the weekdays? Unfortunately, Magpie and I just don't really have a lot of free time on the weekends. So that's just why they are, they work better for us on the weekdays, unfortunately. And it's pretty much that's all there is to it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, we I, I hang mean, out, we drink beer, stuff. you know, we do stuff. <laughs> you know, we're people. We got I mean, things we got going on. In our life. The the big the biggest issue is certainly consistent. Like it's it's almost impossible to have a consistent, you know, time that we can set to every weekend. Like it, there might be, you know. A, di a different time every every month where we could maybe both make it but i think for everyone's benefit a, a kind of more consistent um time is is beneficial uh and we obviously record them so nobody's nobody's missing out if they can't make it um because we can send questions in early and uh and then they can hear everything afterwards so yep you're welcome to take the next one uh fourth sure continent, possibility of a fourth main <laughs> continent for conquest uh i'd say unlikely as the years have gone on it's i mean it used to be kind of our plan for expansion potentially in the past um i think as time has gone on we've kind of seen it as less and less of a viable or useful thing um i think and it will probably link it. I'll, I'll link it to the question a bit further down of EU Loka. You know, if we hit a player population where a fourth continent was needed, we would much rather have a, a kind of copy of Loka, but on an EU server, um, rather than making a fourth continent. Um, I think it benefits more people from just have, being able to have um, a version of Loka where you can get a, a more stable or low ping. Um, and obviously people will be able to go across both, but that's what we'd rather do when we hit the population where we feel it's required. A fourth continent, while it's fun, we don't really gain much other than a spicy bit of new land for a few months and then people get bored of it and we go back to status quo again. So there's also the fact of, you know, we probably kind of need new biomes from Mo from Moyang's side to be able to do it in terms of having protected resources and, and everything else um, yeah i think there's two different schools of thought coming coming in about this question or maybe even three but one of them is probably just i i wouldn't mind having there be a new set of terrain to see live on all that stuff which was one of the reasons we considered adding a fourth continent um <laughs> the other one was always oh well once Locust too big and we're running out of space. Well, that's that's what's probably going to be an EU Locust thing instead of just like adding a fourth continent. There is a there is a beauty in the threes continent asymmetry that actually makes things more interesting than if there was actually four continents in a very much and yeah. very likely 2v2 situation going on. So you'll, you'll um, notice a lot of games try and push the three factions. Um, Guild Wars did World v World v World as, as three servers fighting against each other. You know, even like Pokemon Go has three factions that, you know, you join. There, there's, there's a reason they kind of all end up gravitating around three. Um, um, Weirdly, I'd, I'd, I'd almost say, I'd almost say we're more, we'd more likely redo the three existing continents than add a fourth, but uh, that's that's a stretch as well. But yeah. Um, before I move on to the next question, I'm gonna uh, I want to sort of make an announcement about a small change to the way that we're gonna do SOTSs in the future, which is that um, for sometimes valid reasons and sometimes not as not as valid reasons. A lot, every SOTS has about a nice big chunk of the exact same questions that are answered or asked every single SOTS. Um, 
and in this in some cases in the future for future SOTSs, like for example the EU LOCA question, um, we probably won't answer those uh, anymore unless we definitely have like an update on the answer. But we have probably well, for six. Well, we've got an influx of new players as well. I mean, that's, that's maybe kind yeah. Of what the, the benefit is of them sometimes. But we've we've answered the EU LOCA question probably six of these things in a row. The answer has never changed. Um, so sometimes maybe it's a new person who's never, who doesn't have the context asking that. And that's a perfectly valid thing to do. Sometimes I think people want an update on the thing, but we don't have one, but we wind up rehashing it anyway. And I'm, I, and in order to just make, make it so that we can spend more time on newer questions or more quality questions, um, then we will probably, if you ask that, we might just direct you to something that's been said before, or bat might just go, maybe the answer to your question is just no. Um, but we maybe, maybe we'll yeah. put an FA, FAQ together of, of really <laughs> frequent questions. <laughs> Somebody needs to do SOTS minutes and make them publicly yeah. accessible. Um, um, so pig gang is okay. on it. How is Loka going to boost player numbers? Oh, this this um, is probably a question for for me. It is. I I mean I I will just you know uh preview it i suppose by saying you know teeny, half, teeny half of it <laughs> half of it is is on our end of you know making that new player experience better you know um player attention is important it's all well and good us having thousands and hundreds of thousands of people joining the server but if none of them are sticking around it's no good so player attention through camps tamp progression and some of the new player experience uh, is one half and then the other half is effectively marketing and advertising um which will likely be done through some sort of influence or some description, but it might be a, a you know multiple pronged attack on a few different things. Uh, but I'll let I'll let Crypt go with uh, what he had in mind. Yeah, it's it's more focused really uh, for me. It's um, the new player experiences is is required if we want to get players on the server that have not been brought to the server to go to a conquest fight because those players basically are. If you're being literally recruited, you're basically being told to join the server and told what to do. And really, there's not much education we can help with there other than just general education, which we always need to work on. Um, but there's a lot of players that are new that don't know anything about Loka, and it's a really rough server to join without any knowledge. Um, and so that's why we need to do more new ex new player experience stuff. But the really the, the boost the boost word, I think, is most likely to be achieved by YouTubers and quite simply, that is the effort that I think that that we not only ourselves would like to look into, but also have the player base look into. We would like you guys to reach out to low to medium sized YouTubers um, and see if you can get them interested in the server. Just have them bring people, bring them to the server. And, and honestly, I think the best way for us to bring a YouTuber to the server is for them to be able to hang out with either the person who brought them, but more importantly, hang out with us, the admins, so that we can kind of give them a bit of a, a heads up on how the server works. Because, um, you know, like if a YouTuber were to just out of nowhere join Loka with no idea what's going on, they would just be confused. Um, and so if we don't have a new player experience yet, it would be helpful for us to kind of at least give them like a small like, hey, here's how it works. Here's what's going on. Um, but we are very interested in, in having some YouTubers join the server. I think it would mix things up a lot and be a lot of fun. Um, just don't go grab Dream or anything because we'll blow up. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's pretty much all. It's yeah, influencers of any of any description would be would, would be good. Um, YouTubers are probably the most common, I suppose. I don't know. I, I can't speak to TikTok. I'm too old. Uh, even though that's probably something we should look into. But 
Um, that's that's the kicker. Uh, there's not YouTubers the, the the most likely to boost the server as opposed to just having a steadily increasing trickle but, of yeah. players. Just just to, yeah, just to kind of wrap it up. It, it's just a uh, from our point of view. Once once we've got the kind of new player stuff in place, that's when we'll you know pull the trigger on you know throwing some money at things um, in some kind of advertising. As I say, there, there's a few different options of, of directions we can go with it. Um, but but yeah, we we won't do kind of our side of it until we're you know satisfied that you know player retention is in a, a good place from our point of view. Um, King of the Hill game on Zaya with a yeah, small take this reward, one as well. um, like conquest points or something, to encourage more fun, natural occurrences, like the, the recent Siege video, which was very entertaining, I must admit. Um, yeah, I mean, we've spoken uh, with LCRs as well about this, and I think it's both Zaya and and other places. I think events, um, hopefully, you know, a good a good chunk of these will start coming this year with the, the whole year of content. If we're donning it that, um, and basically events like the fishing tournament, um, but they will range from PvP events to PVE to you know a mix where it's every man for himself or what have you. Um, and one of them could very much be some kind of King of the Hill type of mini game, almost effectively, that would, you know, randomly happen once a day, once every couple of days, uh, somewhere on Zaya. Um, the only thing that's a bit up in the air, I suppose, is what, if any, rewards would be for something like that. Or um, was a bit hesitant to give, I guess. Um, economic benefits to things directly linked with PvP um, because we're a bit worried about snowball and win more kind of issues with that because um, you know the best PvPers tend to stay the best for a decently long time so in a smaller event like that it's very easy for them to dominate and win every time potentially um, so we, we'd be a little wary of doing that but certainly cosmetic rewards for it or, or something along those lines would would certainly uh, be on the table, and you know, it should be pretty damn fun as well. Um, you know, people people enjoy Voter, and they don't need a reward to play it. Um, so, uh, yeah, not not just King of the Hill on Zaya, but also a few other things. Um, some sort of capture the flag event is one that we've sort of toyed around with in the past, um, and then you know, PVE things involving you know some of the future content with deep dark on ocean things as well. I mean, this this is also, this gives us the opportunity to ask uh, a question or answer a question that was pinned, which is that mm -hmm. I heard in an SOTS, Zyre was planned to have resources that you can go and get for the risk of being killed. Is that ever going to happen or will it stay as a gank on the island? Well, that was never um, the plan. That was never the plan and that's <laughs> never been said. So I, I think that was perhaps a misinformation, but uh, yeah, the, the, the intention for Zyre, as it was requested by the even the uh, community, was that it was just a, a pure gank isle. Um, and it was never meant to be a, a riskier, rewardier place to go gather stuff. That is Again, what... Snowball reason. Right, right snowball reasons. But there is an intention to... So the end, the nether update, I should say, and, and an eventual end one too, is meant to introduce new islands that will be 
harder, but also red tag. So those will be the places you can go to high risk and like to die and lose your stuff, but also better rewards. And then there will still be the yellow tag version where you can grind uh, less effectively, but safer. So there would be places like that on Zyre or on, on Loka, but Zyre is just, just a drop in and, and click people to death. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's meant to be. That's what it will stay. But that doesn't mean we can't add fun things like King of the Hill, potentially. So, yeah, yeah. King of the Hill is just a given. It's just like the most obvious gimme to add. Um, new new rank rewards. rewards, such as kill messages and achievements. Um, it's something we've touched on in the past. Um, with the new seasons, uh, we do want to add uh, titles that will only last for the duration of the following season. So non-permanent titles in addition to the permanent titles that are already out there. Um, so there, there are some people who uh, don't particularly like or, or want some sort of rarer titles uh, related to PvP and would be a lot more relevant to, you know, who is good at the time. Um, rather than washed up PvPers who won Gladiator five years ago. Yeah, there's there's a few of you out there. Um, you so, know who you are. <laughs> so yeah, basically um, that that will be the thing that comes in for the next season. Uh, beyond that, um, there's plenty of achievements uh, that are currently linked with with arena seasons. There'll probably be a few more um, sprinkled in, and when we launch our achievement system. Uh, some of them will be directly linked to uh, unique titles or uh, other cosmetics, maybe kill messages, what have you. So, you know, if you've got a particularly difficult achievement completed to do with ranked arenas, there's a, there's a decent chance that that will automatically unlock a kill message or title in the future when we add them. Did you, well, that's, so one of the things we were changing about the next ranked season, and I don't remember, Meg, we were going to retroactively, if, if we can even do that, um, apply these, but which the titles that, the, the, the season specific titles. Um, so like if you get diamond or netherite, uh, you get a literal time title that's just diamond and netherite, but it's only reflects your last season's effort. So like if you mm -hmm. do worse or don't do the next season, you will lose that title. So it'll, yeah. it'll reflect current, current, uh, Similar to champion in the way that works for um, yeah. tournaments, um, although the only difference being that more than one person can have it, but they will only have it until the next next sort of round of seasons. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of the the other kind of cosmetic stuff for that will will be built into to the achievement system. Yeah. Will Nether um, and and Yellow Tag be switched back to red due to a lack of activity there? Um, yeah, we we kind of touched on it before. I mean, the the big one that I guess we find a tiny bit frustrating is is the whole like uh, argument that comes up a lot of X landmass has a la lack of activity recently, therefore must make drastic changes to change that. Um, places it is have not a failure. <laughs> it is not yeah. a failure of the Nether that there's not a lot of people on it. Its goal, its job, its its existence is not meant to be for ganking. Neither is the end. Yeah. Um, that's why that's why we made Zyre. If you want to click people, go to Zyre. If you don't, I mean, the lack of people in the end doesn't mean it's failing and needs to be turned back into a red tag zone. No matter However, how much some people <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. However, what I will say to that is is that there is a, a rebalance that will be going on very soon. Um, 
with with the Nether in terms of drop rates and um, and things around shrines and the Dreadfort um, to bring them a bit more in line with with the current economy. Um, so we do acknowledge that that's a little bit off at the moment, but but yeah. As, as we again we touched on earlier in the future there'll be areas of the nether that will be red tagged but it's pretty important that you know places where you can obtain core resources required for conquest have to be in a reasonably safe zone or at least to obtain them in small numbers um because otherwise it just acts as this barrier to entry for new players to get into conquest and that obviously hurts growth and Growth's good for everyone, so you know, long term it is the right thing to do. Um, and we'll just try and add as many other ways of you know creating conflict or, or places like the Gankar where people can can mess around and do things for higher stakes. Uh, next... And I guess that, that, that touched right on the next question. Yeah, you just about, answered about the next shrine. question, and there we've talked about E-Loka. So, Loka merch yeah. store win. Um, We're trying. We'll get that. Yeah, just, just another <laughs> in the long list of things we don't have yeah. time to to do to work on and do. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is it is a lot higher on the list at the moment. We we'll tr we'll try we'll try and get a few more things on there. I'm sure some people have seen a, a link Crips posted of a very very basic stripped down version of it. Um, we do want to add stuff to it. Um, financially, we don't really gain much from from merch because um, to to sell them at any reasonable cost, uh, you know the the profit margins are are almost negligible. Uh, so unless we charge stupid money for it, which we don't really want to do, it's more a bit of fun. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's something we want to do. We we've we've kind of half worked on it um it just needs kind of a finishing push i suppose um but hopefully you know sooner rather than later on that one i would expect there to be like one thing we add to the story and just tell you about that you can go buy i, I don't i would not expect there to be a day where we're like hey now the store is open and there's like 10 things you can buy um most likely that's that's the, that's the yeah we'll, we'll see how we go depends on how it goes but like well certain things are harder to make like good t-shirts can come one at a time depending on stuff but like you know you always make a mouse pad and a coffee mug and a hat you know those those things might sure. be trickling. um make weekday bones shorter by an hour um yeah i don't think we've discussed this in any form at all and no it's it's confusing i'd say is the initial um thing with that is how how do you get across to the player you're setting a vault time of seven hours on weekdays and eight and it's this time and then you've got to keep track of everyone else's <laughs> well <laughs> i think you just i think you just do? i think you just if you were to do it the only way to really do it would be to say okay well you cut a half hour off the other off either off otherwise they're half hour increment uh volt yeah times. that's weird it would it would be an hour off one end of it we just have to arbitrarily pick which hour it gets cut off yeah i think i think this is one that we could have further discussion either on the forums or, or through lcrs um i'm personally not wild about it or, or what the problem that's trying to be solved with it but you know we're open to stuff if if it's a particularly desired thing yeah that would that one would need to have some notable community uh 
majority opinion on. There, there, to me, there's bigger issues with vulnerable windows, which is that people just use them to stop getting attacked. They're like, we don't want to be attacked anymore. Here's a middle of the night, unrealistic vulnerability window, which is something well, that- there's tend to backfire, which is quite funny when it Yeah, works, which but... is kind of hilarious, <laughs> which is why we haven't said something like, no, you can't do a 1 a.m. to 8 a.m. vulnerable window. If you do that, you just risk getting ganked in the morning, which is what happens a lot. So um, yeah, I think we just have to wait see if, if more people bring up that because uh, like I understand where it's coming from um, okay any overhauls to shake up the metas of conquest uh, we have a couple things in mind um, one is is the is, is a mutator system that we've talked a little bit about in the past but the short of it is that there will be a chance that a fight operates differently in some manner uh, an example has been something like the, the 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 lamps slash golems are kind of like switched. So instead of you as an attacker going for Tijin lamps, uh, you you have to kill golems on the the Tijin and then go back to your inhib and do charges or something like that. I don't think that's necessarily how it's going to be, but things that just completely change how the rules work for some goofy reason. It wouldn't be all fights, yeah. <laughs> there would just be percentage of fights that work. Golems are now rabbits, uh, and they're really hard to hit. They're all um, wardens you know. <laughs> or something like that, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, or, or the... you know, it could, yeah, or, or, pat, or like um, areas that you can't, that, that harm both sides appear on the map, or, or all kinds or of walls. like... Yeah, or, or things that change... Um, just just change the fight and, and how it functions slightly um and and that will obviously make different modules more or less powerful depending on the mutator it wouldn't be for all fights there would be at least half fights that are still vanilla fights um because we we don't want to you know force it on everything but i think it keeps things interesting and you know there's no guarantee that you're gonna win a fight because you know the mutator could play against you in some way shape or form so yeah, that satisfies the, or is meant to help alleviate the fact that conquest fights haven't changed for a thousand years and everybody knows how they works. And that's very, and they can get very boring because they're just so repetitive. Um, but we also know that policies are something that needs some work. And uh, it's a discussion, but I'm not committing to anything just yet, but it may or may not happen. Uh, an idea is in debate where there is such a thing as like a second and third place winner on each continent. Uh, with who know, we don't know what the rewards might be yet, um, and part of that would would have would be more uh, useful if town progression was out, but it's not yet. But anyway, the idea is that there if you ain't if you ain't first, you're last basically. If you're not coming in first place, there's no point in doing conquest other than fun. And if there was like a second place or third place like reward of some kind that was valuable or at least perceived as useful, um, it might it might generate some some small fights between towns that are arguably a lot more interesting not only to watch but just to be in just because they're they're small and cute little fights they're not these uh, predictable 60 v 30 type things so uh, that would that would help change why people fight or you know who is fighting as opposed to just being the top of everybody and everybody knows who's, who's going to win and if it's you know if you don't have 30 more people than the other side it's a wash and blah 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 so these are these are things that are currently uh wouldn't wouldn't make it in until at, at, at the earliest the march conquest cycle but i do we do share uh the opinion that conquest needs a little bit of uh juicing up in order to because it's just getting too too yeah. samey yeah i mean 
basically we've we've hit a point where balance is is pretty good bugs are pretty squished and, and it's it's in a really kind of it's been in a solid place for a long time because a lot of time and effort's gone into it which it's kind of why we've left it alone for a bit um to focus our attention on other things but yeah we we do acknowledge that it could it could have a bit of uh, a bit of spice injected back in and on and to honestly to to leapfrog uh, not leapfrog but but go a little further on what Meg just said about like how it's in a good spot because we've balanced it so well or at least we feel pretty well and it's why we haven't changed conquests in a while is because like like with this being the year of content um that content can come a little bit in the form of conquest but that we would like there to be a lot more to do on loca than just do conquest bites um that may not appeal to everybody here because you maybe a lot of you are here just for the pvp but we would like there to be ocean and nether updates when questing updates and pve updates and, and little dungeons and stuff to do just so that there's other stuff to do on loca because like a lot of people are aware everybody knows that if it's peacetime there's nobody on loca because a lot of the people that do play on the server are, are doing it because there's an active war going on and that interests them. But imagine if there was many more interesting things to do on the server than just a conquest fight. And that's a completely different community of players too, which would really shake some stuff up and add some variety. So it's why we've left conquest so long to sit still. It's because it's in a good spot and a lot of other bits of Loka were not in a good spot. And now everything's in a pretty decent spot so that we can start building off of what's already there to make some more interesting stuff happen on the server. Um, end update. Um, possible end shrines and or areas similar to Dreadfort for faster grinding. Um, eventually, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's always been the plan. Um, the end has always been the least interesting of all the continents or land masses on the server. Um, what we've kind of been holding off for um, is some kind of word from Mojang as to an end update on their end. Um, we are wary of doing a ton of work on the end only to find we have to redo it all over again because Mojang have pushed a bunch of new stuff. Um, so we'll, we'll sort of play it by ear. We have other things we want to prioritize over it um, in the short term. Uh, but if by time we've gotten to the, through that stuff and Mojang still haven't announced anything to do with the end, then we might just you know bite the bullet and, and, and give it a, a good revamp. Um, cause yeah, we kind of want it to mirror the nether in a lot of ways. Um, so expect kind of a, a similar kind of, of vibe. Uh, more world bosses like the horseman. Got, I don't know about world bosses. We... Yeah, I mean, it yeah. depends what you define as world bosses. Whether whether you mean like roaming bosses around, I think is is less likely. But um, bosses in terms of in more static locations, um, especially you know now we've got you know instancing tech for for quests and stuff. I can see a lot of boss fights you know, utilizing that and uh, we can then use much larger areas for boss fights and, and have more interesting bosses as a result. Um, if we were to have a bigger, greater PVE update in the form of not just questing, but like new monsters and types, types of things, those that's where I get yeah, world bosses would, would get made and then exist places for people to do stuff with. Uh, but that's probably a, a reasonable distance away. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's certainly not. Um, planned in, in the immediate future. I, I mean, perhaps, I mean, I think the mo most recent thing that will end up coming is like a boss to fight 
at the end of a quest line or something. Like I think that's the thing you'll see first before you see like um, dungeons with you know PVE drops with a boss or something. Um, Quite frankly, the horseman is just a troll troll boss that we just have to, <laughs> to be okay with it spawning anywhere in the world, and that's all there is to yeah. it. It just amuses us, and I think it, it shakes up a little bit of the, the safety of the world, the perceived safety of the world. Um, make make deep slate insta break <laughs> the classic it wasn't jib asking i promise um not convinced no. not sold on that uh it's okay for things to be hard and or take a little longer in minecraft than you'd like yeah i mean long term again this is much longer term when we do start looking into you know more advanced pve systems like MCMMO, but Locazone, I could see this sort of thing happening. But, you know, that's a, that's a quite a long way off at the moment. So I think that would be a very expensive, uh, and maybe it wouldn't <laughs> even last that long, type of tool that somebody could be able to craft at some point. But, but it, it's important we kind of wrap that all up into its own system rather than just a, a kind of a temporary... Uh, a temporary thing. I mean, holes are made to be difficult, right? Come on. Can there be one more each of yellow and red infested tiles? Um, gee, I would almost go with there being less uh, than more. I, I, I'm not certain what the what the request there is. I don't think anybody or most people consider the infested tiles to be difficult, hard to get to. Some people even think they are overpowered. They almost make grinding well, too I think, dead I think easy. The thing to point so, out is that they're on every continent, so there, there is a lot like of them. A lot of them. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be curious as to what the the motivation is for for having more of them, uh, mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean, we want to at least we want there to be at least a chance of running into players at these, so there is a bit of risk and reward, and you know if if we make more and more of them, then the chances of people going to the same one are, you know, become smaller and smaller. Um, not to mention it becoming easier to grind them, and and yeah, I, I don't really understand the benefit of more, but... I think the problem is that there is a, and we've already discussed this, but that there's a disconnect. There's a clear advantage to going to an infested tile versus going to the nether, and it should be an option to go to either. They should both basically re re give you the same amount, so you can choose one or the other. Well, um, I mean, to 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 just, I, I mean, because infested tiles give a wider range of resources, um, the nether would be a way of farming a specific resource much more efficiently. It, currently, it's only slightly more efficiently than a than an infested tile, and that's that's where the the balance issue is. It needs to be a lot more efficient because you're only grinding one resource rather than uh, an array of resources. And that concludes our previously submitted player questions. And now we'll go on to the pen stuff. Win town chest. Um, ironically, I started working on fixing that, and then I think I got sidetracked by something, and then I started working on town vendors. So uh, after town <laughs> vendors uh, come out, then I'll go back to town town chest and fix yeah. that once and for all. Yeah, it's quite a um, a dangerous bug, which requires a lot of testing, which is why it's not it's not like a quick fix that we can just go and, and launch. That's why it's off, if for anyone that doesn't know yeah, there was a, a bug feature. with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we need to make sure it's heavily tested so we're not reintroducing uh, the same or similar problems. Um, 
beachheads. Oh, that's a that's a that's a one I haven't heard in an actual while. Beachheads, mm, beachheads. No, because they turned out to be awful. Capsule. Uh, and, uh, I, I, uh, to tiles, to very 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 uh, briefly describe what they even are, because I think a lot of if you don't know what they are, but there was a world where you could just straight up straight up invade another continent and take their tiles. Uh, but that basically flew in the face of why continents ex even exist. It's because we want specifically to isolate uh, the three continents so that the top people in the world can't just take everybody's continents over because that's how big or good they are. Uh, they're separated for a reason and beachheads kind of violated that. They were amusing for a bit, but they wound up kind of breaking stuff and just making everybody mad. So Well, and, and importantly, Cat Bountifuls are basically Beachheads 2.0 in, in all intents and purposes. Which, yeah, which uh -huh. of course haven't, have, have sometimes happened and sometimes don't. But then when people ask for them to happen and then we add them, then people don't do them. So I don't know what you people want from me. <laughs> so whatever. Um, uh, ocean any new sorts of cosmetics? Oh, uh, yes. Um, Basically, uh, as we said previously, achievements and treasure knives, while are two separate features, there's going to be a lot of interlinks between the two. And basically, it's it's going to be unleashing the floodgates on cosmetics. Um, some will be able to be unlocked through gameplay. Some will be unlocked through orbs. It's it's a bit of a mix. Um, so, so yeah, at some point this year, they will both be out, so um, tons of new stuff that will be accessible. Ocean update sooner than Ocean you update. think. It is yeah. the also, also, development also effort soon. that is getting wrapped up because it's the most hilariously late. So yeah, hidden achievements. Well, um, we have to just find them. So there. Because we'll never tell you when they... I mean, surely, well, yes, if we, if we suddenly <laughs> release a feature and mention that there's a bunch of achievements available in it, there is always a chance that in there are some hidden ones in there. Sometimes we'll tell you we added one, sometimes we won't. Yeah. So. I mean, so again, specifically when the, the big achievements update happens, where we'll go through like older features and add tons of achievements for them. Because currently we're only really adding achievements for newer features and, and fleshing them out like we did with, with Zaya. Um, then there will obviously be a huge number at that point. Um, but yeah, I, it's safe to assume there's likely to be a, a decent number with every new feature that comes with achievements. What is the longest downtime Loka has seen since it started in February 2011? Um, I can't speak to tw to the first year of Loka's existence. A, I mean, negligible. But um. <laughs> I don't think oh, Loka's... I don't know what it is. I know what it is. We had a day and a half during an update. It was the world it. update for yeah. um, uh, for the rejuvenation update. Where we had to take... Yeah, that down. went so much worse than we had any idea it yeah. was going to. That was and like it, a, day and a day and a half, two days, I think, at least. Maybe yeah, more. yeah. Took a long because it, it it kept breaking, and then the the process of the world update took so long. Yeah, and obviously every time it broke, we had to restart the long process. So, yeah, that that was the longest, and that was down to us finally <laughs> trying to trying to push that update. So. Yeah, we we yeah, we've learned a lot, but we still hate doing anything that is like a worldwide uh, anything. It's just rough. Um, C trains on. I don't know what you guys are talking about. 
Um, what's up next? Uh, can vendors full pull from void storage? Also, what is their inventory space? Uh, well, the second the, the second question's answer is they're they're I mean infinite. They don't have an inventory really. What they have is stock. So when you say an, an inventory or the, to a vendor um, that it sells a diamond sword, well, you have to give it as many diamond swords as you want it to be able to sell. And then it's just however many you put in. Yeah, as for they, when they uh, purchase stuff or you sell, for example, if you're selling, if it sells a diamond sword for the price of a blaze rod, every person that buys it basically gives it a blaze rod, it goes to town escrow. So it, it's infinite. Um, yeah, although the thing that will be like counters the number of um, trade or sale slots, whatever you want to call it, that each one will have, um, there will be like a cap on how many of those it can make. Um, that's not set in stone yet. Um, yeah, you don't get all 54 slots. And then if, if you had a folder per slot, you also don't get 54 times. Well, it's more like 45, but it'll probably be like, you know, 30 to 40 the, uh, to 50 type number. Not yeah, like there'll, there'll be some sort of limit on it. And then once sort of TAM progression comes along, you know, that will be kind of a way of adding new NPCs and getting more uh, more slots effectively. But I mean, it's not going to be like prohibitively restrictive where you can barely do anything with them. We still want them to be useful from the base level. Um, As for pulling that, from void storage, no. um, they will not at first. Um, um, now, now they they could in the future maybe, um, and I and I could I could I suppose I could see the feature go basically restock uh, automatically. Well, no, not I mean not even restocking. I was thinking instead of having the things that they buy go into town escrow. Like if you if you're literally having a grinding vendor and you want people to sell at grinding mats, then you probably just want those to go straight into void storage. So it could be that, that the things they buy instead of going to town escrow could be told to go to void storage if possible and then fall back into escrow if they can't. Um, that seems more likely than auto restocking from void storage because that's a little more dangerous, I think, potentially. Uh, maybe not. Well, it's certainly, an, uh, I certainly imagine if everyone's gonna ask for that for very obvious reasons. It's just uh, probably not gonna be the first iteration of how it works because uh, because that's kind of scary for obvious reasons. So, uh, but once we're more comfortable with it, uh, I don't really necessarily have a problem with it. It's more important that you can see who has been buying and selling stuff to vendors so that it's not just like a black box, which it already does track that data. It has to in order to enforce things like uh -huh. per player item limits. But um, I don't, I, yeah. it'll probably go into it, the audit log, but it's, it's early. The, the, thing, the thing to look at it is similar to industries in a way where you know, we are wary of like complete full automation of systems. Um, we do want, we, we don't want it, things to be like inconvenient to the point where they're just not fun or interesting, but we do want there to be some interaction and some, you know, we don't want it just to be cookie clicker without even having to click, you know. Um, so th th there's a balance between the two, you know, maybe it's just a convenience thing and it's, you know, not having to restock stuff, especially, you know, if you're hauling things from your inventory and having to keep, you know, if you're refilling something like dirt in an MPC, it's going to take an awful awfully long time. So I think some like, you know, quality of life systems in the future, it won't be on launch um, to kind of help with that um, would be useful. But yeah, it's finding the best way of doing it. There's a time and a place like industries or something we very intentionally don't want 
people to just be able to automate their like so that they generate it and immediately just pops into your void storage because the goal is that you actually go gather the things that the industry's produced but uh town vendors is not necessarily meant to be a feature that makes you want to get online and manage like it, i can i can see a world in the future where if you, once you've got your your grinding town vendor hooked up to void storage you just have a healthy situation where players are feeding it grinding mats and there's going into pots so that the, the potion maker people can go pull it out of void storage and then there's not like this un, uh, admittedly the town escrow is not pleasant to deal with you have to just like claim yeah, everything we, run somewhere else claim the next page run somewhere else until you're until it's empty it's yeah we've been discussing it. like you know other other kind of options around that um i don't know what the ideal solution is just yet but um, um yeah yeah an, an auto center vs button on it <laughs> oh right yeah that um uh, when is there going to be an efficient source of netherwood um when when we when do a big other update um yeah that's pretty much it uh we don't we don't want to like have a jank way of obtaining it temporarily when it's a, a building block like that um we'd much rather you know people be excited and interested in exploring the new content when we actually launch it rather than it just looking pretty and having no purpose because everybody's got infinite amounts of those resources already. Um, likewise, the question on Trident is going to be added. Yes, it, in some in some degree, there is still going to be some limits in Conquest with things like the flying feature with them, which is still sketch. Um, but yeah, th there'll have to be a discussion as to whether they, how much they can be utilized in PvP, because that's obviously gonna influence how easy they are to obtain. Um, because you know, obviously, we if, so if something is a meta conquest weapon, we can't have it being difficult to to uh, obtain and, and grind for, because otherwise, the elite and few have it, and new people and whatever are just. At a disadvantage. Um, cooldown is one option for that. Yeah, it could be that. It it could be that that enchantment is just disabled in conquest or disabled entirely because it's. Although it's fun, like spinning like Emperor Palpatine, going crazy, but literally. Um, God. Um, okay, can we get a Zyrdine map that shows current zones? I'm not really yeah, sure what that's asking for. There is a map I mean, it, already. What do you What do you want? <laughs> Dyn map. Well, what's the? Yeah, I guess just a better quality, highly zoomable. Well, there, there isn't there isn't a web version at the moment. Is basically it. I guess there's not really. I can't really come up with an issue with that. It just um, it wouldn't yeah, show I you mean, anything. I, mean, I guess well, it no, could. Yeah. I mean, it could show what the current drop zones are, for example, and stuff. Um, oh, this is this. I, I guess people people do want to know what the drop zones are without having to log in to look at the map, which. Yeah. I, is not always something that we're okay with, actually. That, although there's, you know, we have, to, we have to think to ourselves: is it is it interesting to have to go check it? Maybe not. But also, we don't want we don't want too many systems where everybody can basically play Loka without playing it, and then they they have all these things that they can look at to make sure that they only then do they really need to log on. But maybe that's a a, a fight that we're, we shouldn't be having if if people. I mean, not with that system. I think with some systems, yeah. But I think with something like that, I think it's fine. And likewise, it it could show the number of players on on it as well potentially. So, it, yeah, I I mean the the one of the main reasons it wasn't there on on launch is because we'd have to change how the website 
views it. We need we need a way of a basically a button that switches the maps between conquest maps and non-conquest maps. Um, because a bar can only be so long with uh, right. with different maps and stuff on. So th there's a bit of work on the website to uh, to figure that one out. But um, well, and we wanted to be like we wanted to know generally we're happy too. doing it. So exactly like... yeah. Um, and you know I I wouldn't be completely against having nether end ones to some some degree. Obviously we want to hide some things because. Um, exploration is fun, and, and just knowing where everything is off the bat is is not. But you know, having a rough idea of the shape of a of a thing or or some very basic knowledge of it is should be fine. Um, it could totally be something that the API could be uh, queried for. Yeah, I would agree that it would totally be something people could make a bot for, and probably would do that in about a half a minute once that was available, which would be cool. Sure. Um, ruin loot overhaul when uh, I assume you're referring to like ruins themselves on the on the server. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're not intended to to be fights, be hives right? for fights. However, um, as as we were kind of discussing events earlier, um, I think one thing that you know one idea i have had is is of you know doing a event that spawns in a ruin somewhere and you know it could either be pvp or pve related um there could be one of each um so i think that would be quite a fun way of getting people over to ruins on top of the existing you know uh loot bundles that can be found in ruins um I don't know how much overhaul that system needs because um, you know it's mainly as a small way of getting some biome restrictive resources rather than like anything too crazy and there's a few like unique things that you can only get there and nowhere else um, but we don't want it to be like a main source of income for certain people or something uh, so yeah I think I think we'd rather lean on the event side to kind of get some ruin activity going yeah yes to events i'm not so sure if like the idea of like there there's a lot of things that people seem that i think what we would like you guys to think outside the box more on because all we all we frequent but not all a lot of things we, we frequently see are oh make make more uh diamonds pop out of this thing so that people go there so that people fight each other and, and we need to we want not pvp to be the reason well, that people go to places to get more rewards so like reason to go there sure maybe it's got some loot sure but just something more interesting than just oh we doubled all the loot everywhere so that people want to go there because it, it, again pvpers yeah. are going to run away with that victory every single time and then you just have the rich getting richer and but and but you know adding adding a king of the hill type event or something that you know could work dynamically in a ruin because obviously we can't have a static location for something like that like we could with Zaya. um you know those kind of events that would randomly spawn there you know and have some kind of reward obviously it, it depends what it is i think would be fun and, and interesting fighting in some of those locations outside of conquest um yep um we're about at an hour and a half so if anybody's got any last questions uh, for us to answer uh throw them out there otherwise we can call it a day so uh, will will there ever be any slight map changes to Zaya, like replacing a drop spot with a new one? Um, I mean, it's not currently planned, but I mean, there's nothing 
we're not like necessarily against making things slightly different and interesting. Um, the the general locations are kind of meant to be relatively evenly spread apart across uh, the different kind of zones there. So um, yeah, I don't really know what the what the benefit of of minor changes would be, but I wouldn't say we're strictly against it. Desire is meant to be a fluid and easily easily changeable island. Uh, it's just a question of where it lines up with our currently development efforts. So uh, we pers like we really need to finish and just go ahead and get out there the ocean update before all other things because it's just been so long. And, and um, so what but, are those structures on the northern Malak tiles? Um, they're ruins. June. They're, they're, they're ruins and tune into quests much further down the line where they'll explore. We know what they are. You don't. But yeah, we will, we would like to tell you in the form of a story and a quest line. That's that's something. Mm -hmm. Again, content, content, content. That's the year's that's the year's goal. Um, are there oh, any plans for next quest slash storylines? Orpheus, uh, why did you wait until the very end to suddenly ask nine questions? I suppose. Um, I mean, with Nyx, it's difficult because, you know, we kind of, especially for, for, you know, newer players with quests, it's it would be nice to have, you know, the knowledge of, okay, this NPC is a daily NPC quest giver versus a regular one. Although there is going to be some overlap with more major characters. If Nyx has a bigger part to play in some of the stories, then, you know, we would use her for for other quests, um, but yeah, we'll see. Town leveling update, AK pre. We we talked yeah. about town progression. That's just that's in the future, basically. Yeah, it's it's the town progression system, and it it's just uh, uh, behind a few other features at the moment, but it's it's in the pipeline. Probably late late in the year. Um, uh, KB2 uh, spam is is controversial, which means that not everybody feels the same way about it. Which means there's really not much for us to do about it. Um, well, it's it's something that needs further discussion. Um, I think that I mean, in terms of like conquest, I think it's pretty safe to say it's essential almost for the the system and how it works. Um, I think knockback in Zaya and other places. Uh, you could question it, and, and you know we could look at potentially removing it entirely from somewhere like Zaya, um, or you know making it knockback one instead of knockback two, and and you know blocking knockback two. Um, I'm not, I haven't tested it myself, like how good knockback one is. I don't know if that's kind of like a happy medium or something. Um, but yeah, we, we'd have to discuss it more with more different people and kind of play around with other options as to um, what's fun and what's not. And especially with Zaya's a lot more flexible with, you know, things we can change and add and get rid of. Um, as soon as we have to, say, remove or change something in Conquest, it kind of has to be a global change at that point um, for consistency reasons. So the best you're ever going to get with Conquest is changing it to to knockback one over knockback two, but 
your module um, or something that, that that mitigates knockback. Well, it, it's the, it's the strength of it though is the problem. Like knockback is is so important for charges and stuff. So, so yeah, it's it's tough. Um, it's definitely well, again, these are these are the kinds of things where reevaluating how conquest works is charges still the best way to go forward. Is there another way it could work? Uh, is a mutator. Mutators are a great way to just change the system for funsies for a fight every once in a while, and then find out if there's something that's actually so like good that it actually it's worth sticking and making permanently like a change to the server. Um, and it's kind of the whole point. It's like where Zyre is a world where we can kind of change the rules however we want, whenever we want. Um, Conquest mutators are another way of us just kind of playing with uh, chaos features in a conquest. Yeah, I mean, a, a random, think. a random idea is. I mean, I'm not saying it's something we'll do, but like, what if, you know, you didn't have to get. There was no knockback. You didn't have to get charges off. It was just a case of killing the golem, and it would automatically do the damage to the lamp. And then you're protecting the golems rather than the lamp. Or you know, maybe they just have to run after killing the golem to a certain location and you've got to kill them before they get there whatever that location is you know there's, there's loads of like weird things you can do to kind of make it one. interesting but maybe this is one of the first ones to add to the server is is maybe golems could still exist but maybe there's a suddenly a, uh there are a mob type that spawn on the battlefield all over the tile and if you kill one you get like a mini charge and then you can run it up to the lamp and it, as soon as you get there, it's like an instant touch. It's not like it's uh, you have to stand there, and it does like maybe two, like a, a small percentage uh, hit to the core, much much smaller than a full charge would do. But that makes more people able to go do the thing. Um, and then it's not all just about kill con kill golem and then do KB. Like those are the kinds of mutators that we we could do. So, yeah. Um, the question about the the invis bug with people shifting, it, it's a difficult one. It's it's no, deliberate yeah, in many no, yeah but, but it... it's not deliberate it's not supposed to happen that way what it's what the feature that exists that's causing this is meant to be the one that prevents people who are crouched in a little hole in the ground from being seen by players with radar hacks or just because of the stupid feature where your name tag is seen seeable through walls which i think is really stupid um it's meant to mitigate that but if you're purling onto somebody and you're like in their face or near them, depending on things, you probably should be able to see them. It sounds like it's a bug. I just need somebody. I do need somebody to clip it. Somebody uh, sent me a video of it happening, but that was a long time ago and we did half fix the bug then. So please, yeah, please send me all clips of it. If I, cause if it, I need to see how easy it is to reproduce because how it works it's very visual, and if I can just look at it, it'll be. It might pop I, right out at me and be like. I oh, love that mutator idea. Remove remove name tags from from a fight. That's that's fun. I love it. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> see these are, and it's very easy to implement, of course. So um, actually, if you have mutator ideas for conquest fights, you, go, you can go throw one further and yeah, change the cha randomize the armor. Randomize the names. In the fight. It's actually, so you not don't who know you who's on whose side. <laughs> I can't. I can't spectate people because, as a spectator, it doesn't. I have to. I'd have to actually be there in the fight. And the spectators are not subject to the same vanishing people bugs. Um, yeah. So, all right. I think we're winding down. And uh, yeah. So hopefully this was helpful. Thanks to everybody who actually stuck around to the end. I know it's late for some of you, so thank you for coming. This will be a podcast. It may show up tomorrow if I can get around to it. Um, 
And maybe I, it's it's hard to say that we'll do one of these in February since the February is not that far away and it's only supposed to, it's supposed to be like a couple weeks into the month. But depending on how things are going, we will either have an SOTS in February or we won't. It kind of depends on how much we feel like we have to talk about. So again, thanks for joining us in the January 2023 Happy New Year edition. Um, if, if that applies to you, not, not all cultures New Year's is yet, but if it's coming up, happy uh, Lunar New Year. And uh, yeah. Uh, we will see you guys next time.